It's not the government, the church, or even our schools. The home is the actual foundation of all societies, and it is steadily deteriorating. Do you realize how valuable your home is? Are you willing to do the homework required to be an influencer? A home influencer. Welcome to Homework with Kim. I'm Kimona Ferguson. And together we take a candid look at our homes and the work we need to do within its four walls and in our families in order to fulfill our God-given assignments. Just look around. You see it. We have some homework to do. So let's get started. Greetings and welcome, 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 welcome. Homework with Kim is back from holidays. I'm your host, Kim. And with this beginning of the second season of the Homework with Kim podcast, I say to you all, Happy New Year, Happy 2023, Happy New Season, and again, welcome back. Thank you so much for lending me your ear as we kick off Season 2 and 2023 together. It's a new season and a new year, as I said before, but our homework is still the same. And our goal here on this podcast is still the same. Here we take a candid look at our homes and the work we need to do within its four walls to ensure that at the end of a long, hard day, when our heads hit the pillow, we can truly declare home sweet home. And on this, the first episode of the new year and season, I want us to talk a bit about the new, the old, and how sometimes we discover that new is not always better. I know we often hear it said, out with the old and in with the new. But what were to happen if we were to sit and truly reflect on the past year, our relationships, our families, the goals we already set, many not yet accomplished? Could we perhaps benefit from flipping that old adage on its head and embracing instead back in with the old and out with the new? Let's talk a bit about that before the ink dries on those New Year resolutions. As human beings, we are drawn to novelty. We are drawn to newness by nature. Whether it is new ideas or objects, whether it is the newest smartphone or whatever is trending, And these days, there is a huge premium placed on the new. 
This emphasis on the new permeates many aspects of our lives, such as the constant need that some of us have to, you know, keep upgrading our technology or devices or desire for new experiences, you know, lead some of us to have these long, extensive bucket lists. Our obsession with changing the way our bodies look, we see BBLs are getting more popular and cosmetic surgeries becoming far more common. We're talking about home renovations a whole lot more. Entire lives are devoted to this pursuit of new, improved, stronger, and faster things. Whether it's a better idea, a better life, a better family, a better spouse or partner. It's a never-ending quest, no longer just a pursuit. There is a rush with no apparent destination. And let's be honest, it's difficult to avoid novelty when everyone makes such a huge deal out of it. But friends, this does come at a high cost. You see, it encourages us to get rid of items that would take a little more work. The relationship that became complicated in some way that we now would rather end than trying to mend. Or because it didn't become the overnight success we heard Steve Harvey or some other motivational speakers talking about, we gave up on that startup or business idea only after just a few months. In this never-ending search for better this and better that, it would appear that newer is always better. We frequently give up and throw things away when it would be much simpler to try to mend them and be more disciplined and diligent in the things we do. The truth is that novelty does awake our feeling of interest. There's something about the new that piques our curiosity and our brains naturally lead us toward concepts and ideas and people, things that feel foreign to us or seem more recent than those we are already familiar with or things we already possess. Take caution, however, because contrary to popular belief, new is not always better. There is danger in embracing new ideas without critically evaluating them first. Change is not always good, not always beneficial. In fact, sometimes changing things is a terrible mistake. Sometimes we make a terrible mistake omitting the old. History teaches us that even the most unexpected inventions draw from and build upon past achievements, the old, and more importantly, from past errors. If we look closely at how innovators have conducted their work, we will discover that it is more important to develop a solution that fully satisfies the need than it is to look for the new. In order to get improvements, they analyze the old, comprehend why it hasn't functioned, and then make a number of adjustments. As a result of such a process, 
we get the new and improved. Stay with me here. In the majority of circumstances, we may discover that what appears to be quote-unquote new is actually more than 80% old. The difference between the problem and its solution or how to make it better is where the newness lies. And our fixation with newness also creates waste, which is a problem. Because instead of encouraging us to consider repair, it encourages a mindset where we can just discard the old in favor of the new that replaces it. Now, I know, of course, this functions differently in various situations because we acknowledge that there are instances where the logic of the old does not or no longer applies to a new situation or where the old has brought about some unexpected problems, in which case it may be necessary to discard old principles in order to develop new ones. Afterwards, we could also need to consider what is working, what needs to be fixed, and finally what needs to be built from scratch. So without a doubt, innovation has some advantages, newness has some advantages, and our attraction to novelty can be beneficial for our survival. However, friends, when we are overly drawn to novelty and newness in this rapidly changing environment and modern world that we now create families and raise children in, this will prove to be somewhat problematic. In the modern world, this novelty bias or lean or inclination toward the new or preferring the new over the old is a type of fallacy where we assume that something is superior merely because it is new. Undoubtedly, seeking the new occasionally has its advantages. As I said before, new, however, is not always better. Not every fresh idea will be superior to those that are more seasoned or older. So be wary of the new ideologies that are being promoted and we're being told to that they should be applied universally in society and in our homes without any modifications. Because in many cases, the individuals or groups supporting these fresh ideas are so deeply biased that they are unable to recognize any flaws and continue to support it. Friends, newer does not always equate to better. And no one should be surprised that family matters are such contentious issues in today's society. The family, far more than government or schools, is the institution we draw the most meaning from. You would have heard me say in the opening of this podcast, it's not the government, the church, or even our schools, the home is the actual foundation of all societies. Family shapes our identity, our language, and our assumptions of how the world ought to function from the moment we are born. We are first and foremost members of a family before we are citizens, before we are 
adults before we are workers or voters. We are first part of a family. Then we consider parenting in the old versus new schools. I'm a millennial and while our parents and grandparents' generation might not have been upon all the most recent and constantly changing information regarding installing all these complicated gadgets or they didn't have an interest in supplying their children with non-GMO foods, there were many ways in which their parenting styles, yes, the old parenting styles, were better for family life than those of modern parents. Let's talk quickly about some old school parenting styles that we may benefit from making new again. They didn't schedule excessively. The notion that children need to participate in a whole lot of scheduled and organized activities in order to develop well and have a pleasant childhood wasn't accepted by parents in the past. I mean, little Mary might have you know, taken some piano lessons after school and they might have allowed little Johnny, you know, to play football during football season. But there was no continuous 12 month cycle of activities. There was more downtime for children. There's seemingly not much downtime for children in so many households today. And they are overworked and overburdened in every manner. Then parents may wonder why their children struggle. Let's take a page out of the old school parenting manual. Take some time to review your child's schedule to determine which activities are required and which are not. Also keep in mind, friends, that it is acceptable for your child to enjoy unstructured, quiet time to themselves. What is the result of that? More family time and less stress. I mean, that's how our parents raised us and somehow we turned out just fine. Next, they didn't spend too much. They didn't overspend. Parents of yesteryear were much less likely to overspend and manage the family finances poorly. They didn't usually go over budget. They were frugal. They kept simpler homes and they were less concerned with, you know, updating their way of life and keeping up with the Joneses. As a result, that generation saved more money and had more stable finances. Now, I'm not talking about luxury now. I'm talking about stability. And of course, we can talk about, you know, how times have changed economically and the impact of that. But generally speaking, there was this focus on living within their means. Number three, they didn't make their children the center of their universe. Oh yes, they love their children as we do. But old school parents used to expect children to entertain themselves and make their own fun. Yes, the children received adequate oversight, but they weren't continuously showered with attention and praise that some of us modern parents seem to deem appropriate. They did not place their children at the center of everything. You see, children do far better with opportunities for independence. So perhaps our desire to hover continually for some of us modern parents may stem from anxiety, guilt arising from other matters I do not know, or perhaps some other valid causes. But we again want to take a page 
some notes from the book of old school parenting and not make our children the center of the universe. Next, they weren't afraid to discipline. You see, old school parents, they weren't afraid to meet out discipline whenever and wherever it was necessary. Those of us who were spanked numerous times during childhood for misbehaving can attest to this. I mean, was their parenting style always perfect? Of course not. But the thing with the new school is that the pendulum seems to have swung too far in the opposite direction, depriving our children of the kind of constant correction they require. Old school parents understood that children are not your best friends. Do we love them? Of course. These parents understood that parents need to be in charge while having their children's best interest at heart. And although it is vital for parents to explain, you know, why there are rules and regulations in place, arguing or debating with your child can be counterproductive and teach them that they can have their way if they fight hard enough. Teach your child respect and responsibility for others by setting boundaries and enforcing them. Old school parents did just that. Allow me to get into some Jamaican kind of talking. Old time people never debate with Pitney. They said no, and they meant it. And the truth is, sometimes you just have to say no, full stop. According to psychological studies, children flourish when their parents have an authoritative parenting style. These parents are strict, set boundaries, and anticipate that their children will act in ways that are appropriate for their ages and developmental stages. Now, that does not mean... We have to be a meanie. We do not have to be rigid in our choices. There is still room for us to be warm, sympathetic, and adaptable. We create a balance. Some of us recall the days when hitting students with a belt or a ruler at school was acceptable. And if you attended a school in Jamaica as a child, you are likely aware that some teachers' belts even had names. Parents were permitted and gave permission to teach us to do that as well. And some traditional parents would instruct you themselves to go get the belt when they are punishing you. They may send you for a belt, a slippers, or whatever was around. <laughs> Let's go on to new school. Today, I believe Alexa or your neighbor or a random passerby would report a parent who spanked a youngster to the police. Now, my siblings and I, received more than a few, and again, we have turned out just fine. In fact, we are the better for it. So friends, as I conclude, I pose this question to you listening, raising a child, helping to raise a child, or having raised children. Does old or new school parenting work best for the proper upbringing of a child. We know there is much room in this discussion for it to get even deeper when we begin to penetrate the surface. We know parenting styles quite often drastically differ depending on the generation. What is obvious is that our environment has changed 
and that has inevitably affected the way parents deal with children. I invite you to take some time to think about what was right about your childhood that your children may be missing out on, and even ask your parents or grandparents if you are able what they thought was most important in parenting. Because the truth is, what is considered strict old school tough love would be considered excessive or maybe even abusive to some today. What some modern parents would call nurturing and bonding with their child may be considered to some old school parents as baby in the picnic. But I do believe there is a lot we can learn from the veterans and there is a lot we can learn from each other, whether old or new. Before we say out with the old and in with the new, remember new is not always better. Change is not always good. Old school parents got some things right. If you are a new schooler, take caution on this never-ending quest to embrace the new. Don't omit the old. Some old principles might actually be worth revisiting. so much for lending me your ear and for joining me for this kickoff episode of homework with kim season two do subscribe to this podcast and share the episodes as we get into the rest of season two i am truly grateful and thankful in advance for your support let's get ready for a great season have a great weekend and on till we are able to talk again. Just look around. You see it. We have some homework to do. So let's get started.